Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want to bring tonight a special Father's Day message. <clears throat> there's, um, there's many times where this time will come and go, and the Lord doesn't lock me in and focus me on this type of a message, but tonight He has. And I believe it's, it's going to become a gift, not only to the fathers in the house, but those that soon will be fathers. So I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you would, and go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, if you would, tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your word. We thank you, Lord, tonight for impartation of your heart. Holy Spirit, that you flow in this place, that you impart, Lord, wisdom, you impart life, you impart breakthrough tonight. Father, I thank you that as your word washes over us tonight, that you impart gifts tonight and revelation in Jesus' name. And because of it, Lord, we are transformed from glory unto glory, from strength to strength. And faith to faith tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. As you're turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to open with these words tonight. That fathering, fathering is different from that of teaching. I want you to take some notes tonight. Okay, this is going to be noteworthy. I promise you. Fathering is different from teaching because fathers, excuse me, teachers are there to instruct you. Teachers are there to instruct you, but actually fathers are there to love you and build you. I've said for many years, authentic spiritual fathers, they go way beyond just the ministry of the laying on of hands. Spiritual fathers prefer the laying on of hearts. Can you say amen? It was the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I told you to go to 1 Thessalonians, but just hold your place there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says this, he says, even though you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Does everybody see that? Though you have 10,000 teachers in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for I for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Now, don't miss that tonight. You've, you've got many, many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. I want you to see what Paul was keying in on tonight. That we need spiritual fathers in our lives. We're going to have many teachers, but teachers will teach. Teachers will instruct, but fathers are the ones that will actually build you and love you and come alongside you to help train you and bring discipline. Amen? Our children are actually a living message that we will send into a time and into a place that we will never see. And so fathers, tonight I charge you to model your life, lay an example to partner with the Holy Spirit, to teach your children and your spiritual children how to live courageously, 
how to follow the Holy Spirit, how to obey the Holy Spirit. Train your children up to be pioneers. Are you with me tonight? Train your children up to be pioneers, to be discerning, to be prayerful, to be powerful, to follow the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians chapter two, and I know you're there tonight. I want to use this tonight as our template. In verse seven, Paul begins. And he's talking about the apostles, how when the apostles were there ministering in Thessalonica, he's reminding them of how they came, how they fathered them, how they served them, how they loved them. Now watch this. Are you in verse 7? But we were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, We were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become so dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor, our toil, our laboring night and day, that we may not be a burden to any of you. We preach the gospel of God. You are our witness and God also how devotely How justly, how blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know, how we exhorted, we comforted, and we charged every one of you as a father does his own children. That you walk worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Isn't that good? I want to use this tonight as a powerful picture to impart to you five keys tonight. And I want to begin with number one, that a father is able to express genuine love. I want you to write it down tonight. A father is able to express genuine love. I want us to examine this tonight. Dads, you have to say, I love you and never stop saying, I love you. Can I get more than three amens tonight? Don't leave me up here by myself. Are you with me? You have to be able to express genuine love. Look what Paul said in verse 8. He said, we loved you so much. When you look at this, actually in the King James Version, the, the original language actually expresses an intensity of love that gives over and over and over again. Paul is saying it's even hard to find words It's hard to find words to express how much we deeply love you. That's what Paul was saying. I'm trying to find these words to impart to you to tell you how deeply we loved you. And I think it's important tonight as a character trait for all fathers. Because loving and expressing love, um, how many, for, for a lot of men, expressing Love does not come so natural. Yeah, a number of hands tonight. I am convinced, I am convinced, it's the reason why the Bible says to husbands, love your wives. Remember, he said, love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for it. Amen? So we have to learn how to love. You've heard me say this so many times that When Jesus said, freely you have received, now go and freely give. We learn how to love by being loved. 
And we learn how to be a gracious man by receiving grace. We learn how to be, give, be forgiving fathers, being forgiving dads, by, by being recipients of forgiveness ourselves. We learn how to give power by receiving power from the Lord himself. Are you with me tonight? And unfortunately, there's no easy way to say this, but that there has been a real lack of fathering skills in our generation. It's so unfortunate. And so many men stumble at expressing love and giving love away. Yet Paul says it's one of the very first qualities that he points to as the apostles were there serving. Look at our genuine love. Don't be afraid to tell those you love men of God that you love them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells wives that they are to love their husbands and they are to respect and honor their husbands. That's first first Peter three in Ephesians five. All you ladies can say amen tonight. Dads, do you remember when um, you first you brought your firstborn home? It just seemed like uh, it seemed like the women had the innate ability to know everything. They knew everything. Right. It was like the mother in them just came out. I've always said that about my wife. When, my, when we had Josiah, it was like the, the mother in her just manifested suddenly. And I think most moms are like this. They just carry the ability. You know, as soon as we, you bring the baby home and the, and, and the mom knows, you know, just how to hold the neck, you know, the neck's got to be just perfect. And, and you got to watch the back of the head, the tender part of the head. And the muscles are fully foam, formed in the neck. And you've got to watch the neck. And you've got to hold the baby right. It's like they knew everything. They knew when it was, it was time for uh, diaper time. They, they knew when it was play time. They, they knew when it was nap time. They, they, are you hearing what I'm saying? And the dads just kind of, we, we learned as we went, didn't we? <laughs> it, was a, it was a big learning curve. And then, and then the moms, the moms had that supersonic hearing. At the, at the moment, the baby breathed differently two rooms away in the crib. And suddenly they're up in, in you know, Flash Gordon speed to the crib. Suddenly, you know, that's the way it was at the Gibbs house. It was probably a lot like that at your house but the women knew when the baby was hungry, um, when the diaper needed change, they had the skill. Uh, I had to learn that. Wasn't really good at it. Learned to enjoy it sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I did learn to get over the smell of those diapers, I remember. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, as soon as we as soon as we start getting good at becoming a dad and getting into the momentum and the flow of becoming a dad, what happens is, is that everything begins to change because your sons and your daughters begin to change and your role begins to change. And I, I've said this so many times. I remember that men would come to me and say, Brian, when you have Josiah, your whole world is going to change. Oh, I thought I knew that until he was born, and then my world completely changed. And then when we found out that we were having a girl, oh, boy, oh, everybody came to me. Bro, Brian, your entire life's about to change. And boy, boy, did it ever. She sure changed my life. She's still changing my life. <laughs> and Josiah's still changing my life. 
We learn so much, you know, becoming fathers, becoming dads, being with our kids, playing with our kids. I was preparing this message today and I was I was thinking about my kids, you know, growing up and they're adults now. And I and I remember the things that I used to play with them. I, I specifically rem- remember in Josiah's room, he had this bouncy thing full of balls and uh these, these rubber balls, and he would get so excited climbing. It was really big. It was, it was so cool. And he would climb into this, and he would just kick his legs wildly and just laugh. I would crack up, and the balls would fly out, and I'd grab them and throw them at him. And it, it was just, I treasure that. I treasure it. I mean, and I know he's like, oh, Dad, would you get over it tonight? <laughs> I remember... Um, I remember Victoria, she was, she was no- notorious for, for being like the 22nd cuddler. 22nd. Josiah was the lingerer. He was the one that stayed and lingered and received love. And I've, and I've said this many times, you know, you can't love a child more than you love another child. But I will say when they were first growing up, jo- Josiah was actually there to be loved more by me because he stayed and lingered by me and uh, Victoria would get on me on my lap or on my leg and she'd be 20 seconds and then running out you know she was gone she's off to the races got stuff to do peace out I gotta go (laughs) so she's still kind of that way (laughs) I love it I've um I've relished it all and I'm still relishing this season. And, and dads, it's, it's the greatest privilege and pleasure of our entire lives to be fathers and to impart into our children, to love our children. I was thinking today, um, there's a storage unit not far from here in Sarasota, and we, we've got a lot of things um, that the church owns and some of the things that we own as a family, but in that storage unit is a, a very special rocking chair that my wife <laughs> will never allow us to get rid of the rest of our entire lives, okay? And it will be with us through the millennium. And so, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about that rocking chair actually today um, because some of, some of my great memories um, was holding the, the kids when they were small and um, especially Victoria, when she would let me just rock her to sleep, and I'd hold the kids for hours. And just, I just loved them sleeping on me and bonding to me and that, that feeling. I never wanted to let them go. I didn't want to put them down in the crib. I just wanted to hold them. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Going to keep the eyes dry tonight. The best example that we can look at in fatherhood is to our heavenly father. And we all know this. In John chapter 17, we know that Jesus came to reveal the father. I want you to write it down tonight. Jesus came to reveal the father. Jesus came to reveal the father. He said in John 17 verses 25 and 26, he said, Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples, they know that you sent me. I have revealed you to them. And I will continue to do so. And then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Oh, that's so powerful. 
John 14, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. He told the disciples, if, if you've seen me, you've literally seen the Father. He came to reveal the Father. Jesus said, I can do nothing of my own accord except what I see my Father doing. I can't speak anything unless I hear him speaking it. Jesus was the perfect representation of his heavenly Father. He came to reveal the Father. And then there's this magnificent story in Luke chapter 5 that I believe is one of the greatest, greatest unfoldings of the Father's heart that we had to know. And it's the story of the prodigal son. Many of us know the story. It's universally applied because I think virtually everybody in this place understands this. We understand the prodigal son's experience in Luke 15. Because somewhere along the way, we were all sure that we knew better than our parents. Can I get a witness in this house? We, we thought somewhere along the way, we thought we had it all figured out. And, and we were smarter than mom and dad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you know the story that Jesus says this prodigal son, he goes off to another another country. He begins to squander his inheritance that his father had laid up for him. This was a heartbreaking story, gut-wrenching story that Jesus is imparting to them that day. He asks for his inheritance early. He goes to a, another country, begins to squander his inheritance. And what he finds out is that his money dries up. And how many of you know when your money dries up, your friends are going to dry up pretty quick? How many of, of, of you have lived that testimony? That's right. Well, that's what happened to him. His money dried up, his friends dried up, and he found himself where no Jewish young man ever wanted to find himself. And it was the humiliation of the hog pen, where he was literally eating the pig's food. And in verse 17, it says this ver he said, these words. He says, he came to himself. I love that. He came to himself. He started thinking, how many in my father's house, his hired hands, have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I will go back to my father. I will say to my father that I have sinned against heaven and against you. Think of that. He came back to his senses. His heart awakened. He remembered something. How important is this point tonight? I ask you this question. How important is this point? He fell, he felt in his own heart he could go back home to his father. Maybe he wondered that the relationship would never, ever be the same. But there was something inside of his heart that came alive and said, I will go home and I will return to my father's house. And we know the story as Jesus told it. The, 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 the man is rehearsing what he's going to say to his dad. And, and he, you know, he's, he's not even worthy to be called a son. He'll be a hired hand in the house. And, and he's probably getting this all down pat as he goes. And he's just rehearsing. You know, his words and his script for his dad. But 
to their surprise, Jesus paints us this magnificent picture of the father that is waiting and has been looking for his son who went away, squandered all of his inheritance. But when the father saw the son coming from a long ways off, he flew off the front porch and went running to his son and embraced his son. And he said, my son that was dead is now alive again. Hallelujah. He put on a new robe on his son. He put a, a ring upon his finger. He put new sandals upon his feet. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Because we always have to remember our father in heaven will always leave his door open to us. Did you hear me? Dads, we need to teach our kids, no matter how deep the sin that they go and run in, no matter how far they may run, no matter how far whatever pig slop that they may find themselves in, we must be the fathers. We must be the dads that teach our children. You can always return home to the love of your father and to the house where you will be beloved and you will be protected and you will be cared for as a choice, son or daughter in the kingdom. Can I get an amen tonight? Fathers, you've got to express your love. Be able to express genuine love. Secondly, Paul shows us here in these verses, fathers have to live a transparent life. I want you to write it down. Fathers have to live a transparent life. This is the second trait I want to look at. This is verse 8. We loved you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Are you seeing that? Verse 8. We loved you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Now notice, there is a connection here between the gospel and our lives. It's one thing to hear the gospel, but it's a totally different thing to see the gospel through a man of God and through a father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's about modeling it. There's something that's so exponentially greater than just hearing about it, but seeing it. Paul says, you not only heard me preach it, you saw me live it. I was an example before you. I modeled it before you. Fathers model it to show us how to live it. Are you with me tonight? I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the secular home and a Christian home. I want you to think about, dads, the decisions that you make that affect your spiritual sons and daughters or your natural sons and daughters. I was thinking about the values that we set in our own homes, the values that happen inside of a secular home, what they're allowed to watch, what they're allowed to say, what they're allowed to view, rather than a Christian home where the standard of godliness prevails where we raise the standard high as men of God, as fathers, as dads, and we set the atmosphere in our home. We set and we raise the bar in our home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
in a secular home, you'll find out that partying is all about booze and all about pot and all about whatever, loud music. Well, I can tell you in a good Christian home, there better be some loud music too. (laughs) Hallelujah. And my kids would say, oh yeah, that goes on. But we understand that in a Christian home, we set the atmosphere of partying. And it always goes back to the goodness of God. It always goes back to worship. It always goes back to the presence of God. We live it before our children, showing them this is the way to live life. Joy comes out of the prophetic. Joy comes out of prayer. Joy comes out of fellowship one with another. I want you to think about how fathers set the tone. Even in their financial life, the decisions that they make, the dads, The dads, the Christian dads that set the tone financially, where we invest. Think about the peace that fathers can bring into a home. A peace that transcends all understanding. And it comes from the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me tonight? There's an author named Robert Fulgham. And um, some of you may know who he is. He wrote a very popular book. It's called Everything That I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. (laughs) More recently, he came out with this book. And he shares these things. He's in this new book. He shares that a lot of adult children, when they go home, they begin to reminisce about things that they got away with when they were growing up in home. How many of you would say you got away with a lot? (laughs) Yeah. This is interesting. He says that Robert Fulcom, this is not me, this is Robert. He says, he says, it's normal when grown kids, they come back home, they begin to reminisce about things that they got away with when they were younger that mom and dad never found out about. He recalls that When his children began to reminisce that the oldest one said to him, he said, Dad, when when I was 14 and you and mom were gone for a while, he said, I went out to the garage. I got in the car. I started it up. I backed it out. I drove all around the block several times, and then I put the car back in the garage, and you never knew it. I won't ask how many of you did that. (laughs) Well, everybody laughed in the family. And then Robert went on and he said, well, there was another time that another one of his children spoke up. He said, there was another time when you and mom, you went to the grocery store and all of us kids, we went out in the backyard. We smoked a cigar. He said, you came home early and we thought for sure that you had caught us, but you never knew that we got away with it. And once again, all the adult kids laughed about it and It was kind of a bonding time for all of them. And then Robert spoke up to his kids and he said, well, he said, "Uh, actually, your your mom and dad and I got away with a few things that you never knew about. He said, "Uh, you didn't know that your your mom and I got away with this. He said, for instance, you, you never knew that your mom and I took a cut of all the money that your grandma sent every year for Christmas. You got to love that. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. Sorry I called you out. Sorry about that. <laughs> he said, you never knew that oftentimes when we told you we weren't feeding you leftovers, that we were actually 
feeding you leftovers disguised as not being leftovers. He says, number three, he says, you, you never knew that when you called me from youth camp and you were ho- so homesick that I told you that I missed you so much as well that I lied. <laughs> he went on. He said, I also know who sent you those anonymous Valentine's Day cards. He said, I, I also know who got into my wallet and took some money out of it and never told me that they had done it. Room got a little quieter. And then he said, there were times that you lied to me. And I knew that you lied to me, but the truth was too hard for either of us to hear. And then he said, there were times when I told you that I loved you, when in fact I didn't love anyone, not even myself, at that time in life. Wow. I had an interesting experience in life many years ago. I had one of those moments where, um, how many of you have, have done this? You went to mom and you said, mom, whatever you do, don't tell dad. Have you ever had one of those? There's two honest people in this church. That's amazing. You, you, you went to mom and you said, oh, whatever you do, don't tell dad. I went to my mom. This was high school years. And I snuck into the bathroom one night and I, I said, you know, my mom was in the tub there and the, of course it was pulled closed and I sat down on the toilet not to go, but, but to have a talk. And, and I said, oh, mom, whatever you do, don't, don't tell dad this. She's like, oh, honey, you got it. And, and I, I'm pouring out my heart and pouring out my heart. And I thought, well, that was, that, that's tucked away in the safe. Unbeknownst to me, a few years later, um, somehow it was brought up, and my mom's like, oh, your dad's known about that for years. I'm like, what do you mean? My, what do you mean dad's known about that for years? She's like, honey, I'm so sorry. Your dad was in the tub with me. <laughs> I know you're watching, and you know it's true. Now, let me just tell you, at that moment in time, my mind was blown. <laughs> My mind was blown, like, oh, dear God, wait, what? You, you, you were in the tub together? Wait. Okay. Is anybody enjoying this message tonight? <laughs> I think kids need to see, they need to see in their fathers something more than just an authoritative figure. They need to see someone who is real. They need to see fathers in fathers, someone who is real and not fake. They need to see someone who is real and not phony, right? Someone whose heart has truly been touched by God. Someone who has been changed. And I like to add someone whose heart is still changeable. Men, we are still changeable. We are still, as fathers, being conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. He is not done with us. The work that He has begun in us, He will be faithful to complete and fulfill that work. We are ever-changing. We are ever-evolving, growing, being transformed into the very likeness and the image of the Son of God. And that's what our children and our spiritual children have to see. Are you with me tonight? I also believe that fathers have to be transparent. 
Fathers have to be transparent and tell their children where they made mistakes. I believe this is vitally important. And especially in this generation, they demand transparency. It's a big deal. Is this a big deal? You still with me? It's a big deal. Our children demand transparency, and we've got to live that life before them. I will, I will often apologize to my kids. I will tell them I was sorry. I will tell them I was wrong. I will say, will you forgive me? Use those words. Don't just say sorry. Use how to, learn how to use the, these words, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's important. Number three, I want to give you tonight what Paul said. Write it down. He gave us an example of unselfish diligence, unselfish diligence to our family. Now, here's the verse here. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine. Watch what Paul says. He says, you remember, brothers, our toil, our hardship that we worked night and day in order not to be a burden on anyone that while we preach this gospel to you. I want you to see that. The apostles worked day and night. They were serving the people. Now, Paul's reminding them of why they did it, because they didn't want to be a burden on anyone. I think it's so important that we teach this to our kids. We teach a strong work ethic. Can I get an amen? This is so important. Children have to learn this from their parents, and it has to be seen in the lives of fathers. And, and sadly, a lot of times when, when children don't see it in the life of, of a father, they don't learn it. It's why fathers set the trend. Fathers set the examples. I believe fathers are called to be forerunners for their family so that children can see a living example. This is how you do it. You work hard. You labor hard. You labor hard. You work hard. You stay faithful at it. And even when no one is saying thank you for it, you stay faithful in it. Are you with me? You teach this in two ways. You teach it in two ways. Number one, you teach it through example by doing it so that your children see it. Secondly, our children learn by doing it. We give them opportunity to do things. We give them opportunity to make mistakes on their own. And then we shepherd them. Right? We shepherd them. We father them. We help them to grow and nourish them through encouragement as they're learning even from mistakes in life. Fathers, work hard for your families. Never give up. Fathers, never give up. Even when you're tired. I'm going to say it again. Even when no one is saying thank you, never give up. Work hard for your family. Embrace your responsibilities. And serve your family, serve your kids. Number four, a father must be genuinely spiritual. Genuinely spiritual. This is the fourth trait that Paul gives us out of these words here in 1 Thessalonians. In verse 10, he says, you are witnesses. Verse 10, you are witnesses, and so is God. How holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. Man, that is powerful. I mean, to be able to have the tenacity and the boldness to put it straight out there. We lived this before you. We lived holy. Are you there? We lived righteous. We lived blameless while we were there before you. 
Notice how he says this. First of all, he says, we preach the gospel of God to you. Secondly, he says, you're a witness to how we lived. Then next he says, we lived holy, righteous, blameless among you. Our behavior was influenced by what we believed about Jesus. Dads, God has commissioned you to be a spiritual leader. God has commissioned you to be a spiritual leader. You are called to be the spiritual leader of your home, whether you realize it or not. You are called by God. You are anointed by God to be the spiritual leader of your home. And here's a sobering point tonight. Men of God, fathers, you will either lead your children farther away from the Lord or you will lead your children closer to the heart of the Father. It's our responsibility to take them to the Father heart of God. You know, when I think about fathering, I just, I, I realize, I realize my limitations. I realize how imperfect Brian is. But I realize that the mantle on my life is to walk before my children and spiritual sons and daughters and other men and women of God that I embrace along the journey to point them to the Father heart of God. Paul said it. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? It's our responsibility to show ourselves to be genuine. That we don't just worship on Saturday nights. But we worship at home. That we don't just break open the word of God on a Saturday night. We break open the word of God daily in our home. That we don't just pray when everyone else is praying here in our gatherings in church. But we pray at home. It's so important. Fathers, our sons and daughters see our model. Our model. Hallelujah. I believe it's essential that dads have to be genuine. Our our children need to see us worshiping in our house. Number five, Paul says, this is verse 12. For you know that we have dealt with you as children, with each of you as children, as 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 each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Here's the fifth point. A father has positive influence. Amen. A father has positive influence. Look what Paul said. He said, when we were with you, we encouraged you. We were comforting you. We were urging you to live lives that were worthy of the Lord. That was their ministry as the apostles, edifying, strengthening, encouraging, coming alongside. That's what a father does. A father is there to lift. A father's there to teach, to love, to urge his children to live worthy of the Lord. It's all positive. And a father is there to also make sure that their children guard their hearts. Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I love that. 
Dads, help protect your kids' heart. Dads, help protect your kids' hearts. How many of you know the encouraging word of a, of a dad and a father? It means everything. Y'all are quiet. The words of a father, the affirmation of a father, the confirmation of a father, those words mean everything. They're lasting. They're lasting. It brings confidence. Those words of encouragement, those words of empowerment, those words of confirmation, they bring empowerment to lives. Fathers, whether it be natural or whether it be spiritual, Fathers are not there to control. How many of you fathers understand you're in charge, you're not in control? Are you hearing me tonight? I want you to write these three things down. A father must confirm, a father must compliment, and a father must confront. A father must confirm, a father must compliment, a father must confront. This is important because it's this way. You know, we have believed this foolish thing that God is just in control. Now, I've talked about this many times. But God is literally not in control. He's in charge. He's in charge of all things. He's the sovereign God who is lend over control. That's why we are in the mess that we were in. See, if God was in control, the actual earth realm would look exactly like heaven. But it doesn't. You know why? Because Psalm 115 verse 16 says God has actually given over delegated authority to the earth, to the sons of men. Sure, the earth belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24 verse, verse 1. We know that, but God has given over the realm of authority, the earth realm, to the sons and the daughters of men. God is not in control. God is in charge. And every father understands this. I'm not in control of my house. How many of you believe that they, there has been things that have happened in my house that they, it, was, it was totally out of my control? What happens when people break in the house when they break the culture that we have set, what happens is they're brought to the one who's in charge. So that discipline is then given out. And I remind you tonight, God is not an indifferent bystander. One day, we're going to stand before the throne and we're going to give an account of everything. You know why? Because God's in charge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Dads, we're called to confirm. We're not called to control. We're called to confirm. We're not, we're not called to control. We're called to compliment. We're not called to control. We're called to confront. It's a good word. Tell your kids what they're good at. Speak to their hearts. Tell them. Speak to them about what they're good at. Speak to their dreaming nature. Speak to the goodness of God in them. Speak to the anointing of God that you see in them. Speak to the greatness of God that is within them. Magnify their abilities. Speak life to your children. We all know this, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Speak life. Speak life. And I want to close with this. Dads, be a positive influence. 
be a positive influence, be a lover, communicate love and affection. It's the first thing Paul said. Don't be afraid to say I love you. Don't be afraid to say I love you. Don't be afraid to speak the words of edification, of strengthening even another man. It's so important. It's so important that we speak the life of God into other men right here in our own family. So important, so valuable that we point them to the love of the Father. And then lastly, men, work hard. Work hard and be diligent. Don't despise work. Just work hard. Amen? And lastly, guys, be the spiritual leader that God has called you to be. Be the example. Be the leader. Walk in the anointing that God has put on your life. And know that with God, all things are possible. Amen. Come on, let's stand tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Cody, I'd like you to come. I was texting um, one of the spiritual fathers in my life before the service began, actually before our prayer meeting began. And his name is Pastor Kilpatrick. He lives in Daphne, Alabama, and he pastors Church of His Presence there in Daphne. And he was the pastor of the Brownsville outpouring, the revival. How many of you know when I say the Brownsville revival, you know what I'm talking about? Where God poured out His Spirit for more than five and a half years. Nearly six million people walked through the front doors of that church and encountered the Lord. That outpouring began on Father's Day, 1995, 26 years ago. Just amazing. And I was texting him about just relishing all the good things that God has done. And I treasure all of it. And I treasure what God is doing freshly in the present. But I also treasure what God is about to do. Because I believe we are coming in to the greatest outpouring on planet Earth. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. My wife and I just came back from a conference. We were in Tampa, Florida at Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church. Over 10,000 people there. The sessions went from morning to night the last three days. We sat, <laughs> we sat in the blazing sun melting. It was quite something. But the sessions, the sessions were so riveting. They were so sobering. They were so challenging. Some of the sessions that I sat through, they were so challenging. I mean, I was just brought to tears. There were times I just went to one of the, the stalls just to get away from people and just have a moment. I came home today, and I was asking the Lord about this word because my heart is so full. I was not only stretched and challenged, but I received inspiration from the Holy Spirit. I believe that we're going to see in the very near future some of the greatest trying times of upheaval in the United States of America. 
the things that we've prayed for, the overturning, the uncovering, the veil will be taken off of this coup. What has happened to our country? I believe the Lord is going to uncover this. I believe there is great judgment and justice coming. I also believe there is great glory and outpouring of the Spirit coming. I could have spoke all night really about what, what we received. And, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to do that tonight. I felt like I was to just move into a departure and move right into this message. Because, men, I want to look at you and I want to speak to you tonight. Our destiny, and ladies, you understand, but guys, our destiny in God is so vitally important. Every one of you men of God, you have extraordinary destiny, extraordinary promise, extraordinary promise, extraordinary destiny, and extraordinary responsibility in this hour. Extraordinary responsibility for this hour. God is grooming us too for this hour. God is preparing us to be mighty men of God, mighty leaders of, of God for this hour. He is raising up many generals in this hour to lead us into a victorious and triumphant warfare. The times ahead are going to be very intense. The times ahead are going to be very messy. But great victory is coming. Great triumph is coming. Great breakthrough is coming. And it is going to require us being very sharp in this hour where we cannot tolerate any spiritual dullness. We've got to be sharp in this hour. So men of God, I charge you tonight. I'd, like, I'd just like all the men to lift your hands. Those of you that are watching online, I want you to lift your hands with us. Men of God, I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a beloved son, as a beloved son in the kingdom of God, I charge you to be bold. I charge you to be courageous. I call, I call you and charge you to be fearless in the Lord. I charge you to take up the... The, the full armor of God and dress yourself and clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you to be bold. I bless you to be an example of holiness, of righteousness. I bless you to be men that are blameless before the Lord. I bless you. The Lord is raising you up. And you will be a mighty voice for him. You will roar like a lion. You will roar like a lion. You will speak and declare the word of the Lord. And your life will testify of the power of God. I bless you, man. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. In the next few moments, I want, our, I want our prayer team just to get ready, prepare yourselves. But I don't want to miss this opportunity tonight. This is the night to give your life to Jesus. I'm telling you, this is the night. This is the night to give your life to Jesus. 
If you are in this place and you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, He loves you. And maybe you've walked with God. Maybe you've known God, but you've grown cold in your relationship with Him. This is the night to come home and return to the Father's heart and the Father's house. And He will come running, running for you tonight. And perhaps that is you. Tonight you need to give your life to the Lord. I'm telling you, as your friend and as a friend of God, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming and returning just as he promised. His his return is drawing so near. And this is the time to get right with God. This is the time to set your relationship with God in order. And if that's you tonight, If you've never given your life to Jesus, or perhaps you're saying, I once walked with God, but I need to return tonight. Brian, that is me. Slip your hand up now. I want to be able to see you tonight. If that's you, if that's you, yes, I see that hand. I see that hand right back there. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are there others? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give praise to God for that. Listen, those of you that lifted your hand tonight, those of you that lifted your hand tonight, I want you to join me down here in front. We want to pray with you right down here in front. And I want our prayer team to come quickly, if you will. Come quickly, if you will. We want to pray with you. For those of you that lifted your hand, just come down. Thank you. Yeah. They're going to come right down here. Hallelujah. I want everybody to stretch your hands towards them right now. Brother, if you just turn this way. Thank you, Lord. Come on, everybody stretch your hands towards them right now. Hallelujah. I want you to pray with me tonight. Yeah, lay your hands on them, men. Put your hands on them. Father, I thank you for these men that they're coming home tonight to you. I want you to pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I come to you, and I give you my life this night. Lord, I believe that you love me. Lord, I believe you gave your life for me. And I receive you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Tonight, I repent of my sins. Tonight, I renounce the life of my past. And I receive your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. I believe you gave your life for me. And I believe that God raised you from the dead for me. So tonight, I make you my Lord and my King, and I will serve you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Father, I just thank you that you seal this tonight by the power of your Holy Spirit. You seal this work in their heart. You seal this work in these men of God tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
according to the word of God, you have been made free and you have been made born again. And I seal it tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I declare over you tonight, your sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. 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 For those of you that need prayer tonight, we want to open up the altars. If you need prayer for any reason tonight, we want to minister to you. We want to pray for you. We want to love you. God wants to release miracles in this house tonight. Miracles in this house. Just step right over here, bud. Help me out. The Lord wants to release miracles in this house tonight. He wants to release healing. If you need prayer tonight, I want you to step out from where you're at, and we want to pray for you at this time. Listen, we love you. Those of you online, we love you, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.